Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome back to the Uncommon Drive podcast. I am Chad Ozy, and I am here with Jeff Cross. How are you doing today, Jeff? I'm good, brother. How are you? I am okay. This has been one of those weeks, uh, weekends. We just came out of the Thanksgiving holiday mm. Um, you know, games over the weekend. I joked a couple episodes ago that every single one of my games is going down to the wire. That happened like crazy this weekend. <laughs> I had overtime, which every official out there knows is a four letter word. That's right. Um, all that kind of stuff. In fact, it was funny. I was talking with my wife this morning, and uh, you know, she's like, But you know, as a as a sports fan, you know, when you go down to games like that, it's it's so exciting and it's so fun and all that. And I said, I said, I agree. I said, <laughs> as a sports fan, it's awesome. As a sports official, I said, I have yet to watch an overtime go- game and go, man, those officials are really amazing. You're having a great you time. You know, that's never ever. I said, every time it gets that focused, it's just more opportunities for yeah. somebody to to blame Truth. or to, to whatever. And and believe it or not, that that kind of leads us into where we're we're going to talk today. Um, we uh, we all get critiqued Mm -hmm. as officials. Mm -hmm. Um, We all do. And today we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to be uh, an independent contractor as an official and how that affects the way we are critiqued. Um, And we're used to getting critiqued by players, coaches, fans all the time. We get critiqued by supervisors. We get critiqued by people that are handing out games, all that kind of stuff. ESPN, everybody. Yeah, everybody (laughs) critiques us on a regular basis. Um, I know you had a really interesting uh, situation this last weekend where you got some feedback from somebody that, at least in the world of officiating, is about as neutral as we can get. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't ask me about Christmas. <laughs> oh my goodness. Today is a big day. When we're recording, just so everyone's aware, there's 24 sleeps left before Christmas. I mean, I think we need to keep our eye on the ball here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, just just so... I appreciate you I, correcting me. I want to be clear. Giving me critique. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. I want to be clear. When I get down and depressed and things aren't going my well, that going well for me, I 
right away how many days till Christmas. So that it makes me happy. <laughs> so, all right. So back to the, to the subject. Subject is my my experience this weekend. Yeah. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough to have an NCAA ob- observer, you know, that works for the NCAA to come and kind of just give our crew some feedback uh, on our game, which is really nice to have because, as you said, it's a it's a neutral, you know, as, as neutral as you can get. They're not giving me games, you know. They're not hiring and firing people, you know. They're actually just trying to give you some, some good feedback. So, um, it is if you've never had it, whether been have you ever happened before in baseball? Yes, yes. Okay. So some of you out there may have never experienced this, and in it can be a little nerve wracking. Couple things: we were fortunate enough to not. I don't want to say fortunate, but we didn't know that the observer was there. We knew when we got off the floor, uh, they just showed up in the locker room like, oh, okay, they were mm-hmm. here. So that might be a little bit more intense if you know that they're there prior. Not that you should be doing anything different, but mm-hmm. it's just some people just react differently. Like, oh, I mean, the boss is here. So, and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think when people find out the boss is there and they get nervous, that means they know that they probably didn't do everything they need to do to prepare for that situation, so that's why they're nervous. But anyway, um, it's a very good experience. It's probably, you know, getting getting evaluated is a tough scenario mm-hmm. in general. But when you get evaluated from an NCAA observer, I feel like that is, as we said, you know, the most neutral you can get. And, you know, it's, it's a, I don't want to say soothing, but it's it's something that just feels different. Because we know that they're not saying yay or nay, whether mm-hmm. you get 10 more games or one more game or whatever it is. They're just truly trying to give you some feedback so that you can continue to move forward in the way the NCAA wants to game officiated. So I think that's that's good. And one of the greatest things that he that, that he had said, you know, he gave us some timestamps and, you know, some things to look at and all that was good, but... He said, go back and look at the plays you got right. Mm. You know, we, we got a lot of plays right in that game, and we need positive reinforcement, especially in a job like ours. Go back and look at those plays that you got right and, you know, see why you got them right and, and then try to elevate that from the ones you got wrong. Okay, this is why I got these wrong. This is why I got these right. I'm going to make some position adjustments or, you know, maybe a patient whistle, whatever that might be. So it was a great experience, and if you have an experience, I hope – Everyone listening gets a chance to experience it. What about what about your experience with it? Well, b- before we go to that, let me let me just double back for a second okay. here and ask. So, you've got a, a we'll call it a neutral observer, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Who's who's watching you? But you had other people in that game giving you feedback that were not neutral, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. okay. So my guess is is that that observer gave you feedback about specific timestamps. Mm-hmm that one coach may have thought you got absolutely right mm-hmm. when that observer thought you didn't or vice versa. The observer thought you did get it right mm-hmm. and the coach didn't. Or the players may have thought that or the the fans may have thought that. Um, what's, the, what's the difference for you in receiving communication from you know a coach, a player, a fan versus getting that communication from that more neutral party? Well, we we have to recognize that they're they're coming from different places. Okay, the NCAA observer is coming from a place 
that is rule book bound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way the NCAA, CCA manual bound, this is how this committee in the NCAA has decided they want this game officiated. And we've set out some rules in order for you to do that. And some mechanics where if it be a coach, they're um, team bound, mm-hmm. you know, they're university bound. So they want to know exactly um, how it's going to impact them as a team, not necessarily about the rules. So in a player is individual bound almost, mm-hmm. you know, they're probably a more team bound too, but the player is worried about themselves falling out. Mm-hmm. Um, that worrying about, you know, maybe getting an A and one call so they can shoot another free throw, those kind of things. So that's where they're coming from different places. I believe, I believe that they're just, they're, they're, they're invested in their team. So they, they're coming from a place where what, is going to make it better for my team or player where the observer is worried about what's going to be better for the NCAA as a greater good, not just team bow. Okay. I like that. So then we also know that then it's very possible after just a general game, right? Um, we're going to get feedback. So we'll, we'll say that the, the feedback from those players, coaches, fans, that's feedback kind of coming up, right? We've, we've been put in a position of authority mm-hmm. on that game. It's the things that happen there are in our purview. And now there's, there's information that's kind of coming up to us about our performance, whether it's in the moment, mm-hmm. it could be a coach sitting in a clip after the game mm-hmm. and having communication about that or whatever. But then we also get communication kind of coming down to us about games as well, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's from a crew chief who's sending out clips after a game. Maybe it's from a conference's video coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's from uh, an athletic director about something that happened maybe even off the court, you know, when yeah, we showed up, mm-hmm. whatever, right? Um, or it could be from one of our actual coordinators or assigners who are giving us games, What's it like when you're getting communication from somebody like that about a game? Well, that can probably be the most difficult. Okay. Out of all of those. Because, you know, we're, we're, as an official or even as a human being, we're out to try and please others. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're trying to do the job that we believe we're trained to do, mm-hmm. whatever that is. And in these situations, when the coordinator, you know, reaches out to you in in a form of communication, whether it be video coordinator or just the actual coordinator, we feel when when we miss a play or we've done something incorrectly, most people put some undue pressure on themselves. Mm-hmm. They're disappointed in themselves because they feel like they've let down their coordinator or their video coordinator. Um, now, I don't want to say that all video coordinators feel like they're being let down, mm-hmm. but that's just the human nature. Of sure. when, you, when you receive that feedback, uh, I guess I struggle with calling it negative, but it's negative feedback. Mm-hmm. Hey, you missed this play. What'd you see on this play? You know, all, whatever that might be. You're, you're automatically deflated a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's different, I think. When a coach is giving you feedback or a player is giving you feedback on a play, you are you automatically tell yourself, okay, they're coming from a different place. Mm-hmm. They're coming from a different place of 
their investment into the team and into the university. Where the coordinator's coming from a place of an investment into you a little bit as an official, mm-hmm. but really their leagues, you mm-hmm. know, their league that they're, you know, assigning for at the time. So that's where I think the the emotion that you feel when you receive that email, at least for me anyway, when you see that email from a coordinator or a call from a video coordinator, you're like, man, I disappointed him. And you feel horrible about do it, uh, doing that. Um, but that I, I'll say, you know, if, if you're somebody who's never gotten a call, and I'll go specifically to a phone call because, man, phone calls sometimes, they, they, they just feel very personal. And ooh. part of that's because we just don't talk on the phone the way that we, we yeah. used to in our society. You know, everything happens through text, email, don't whatever. Don't get me started. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I've, I've been on the receiving end of a phone call from a coordinator before where, man, you, you blew it, mm-hmm. you know, and it feels, um, it feels personal. Mm-hmm. It feels damaging. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know that, that a coordinator ever intends it that way. Sure. Right. But it feels that way because we think of all of these other impacts this conversation could possibly have. Right. Oh, man. Now they they can't trust me with this kind of game. Am I going to lose games? Is this going to affect the amount of games I get next year? Is this going to affect my opportunity to conference tournament? Mm-hmm. You know, all of those questions begin to pop up in our mind. And, and when I got my first one of those calls, that was before I was a coordinator. OK. Right. Um, and so now that I've been a, a coordinator for a few seasons, um, I begin to look at these things just a little bit differently. And I, I'm going to use an analogy today that I think we give lip service to a lot in the world of officiating. But I think we talk about it when it's convenient hmm. instead of talking about what it really means. We talk all the time about how officials are independent contractors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, It's good for tax purposes for officials (laughs) to be independent contractors. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, The way that we we handle our our finances and report and do all that kind of stuff. It's different because of our status as independent contractors. Um, It's also really helpful to us as independent contractors because now we can work for multiple coordinators. Right. Uh, there are some officials out there that just work for, for one coordinator and are fortunate enough to be able to do that. But the vast majority of officials, I would say way over 90% of officials out there, work for multiple coordinators. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can do that is if we are independent contractors. It means that we are independently able to take contracts from any place we want to take them from. Mm -hmm. We are not signed as a contracted official to one particular league or one particular coordinator. We're not paid by that league. We are independent. Mm -hmm. And so we like it when there are very positive aspects to being an independent contractor. But sometimes we we don't look at the the other aspects of being an independent contractor. And so here's the the way I like to look at it now that I'm now that I'm a coordinator. As a coordinator, my job is to be a general contractor. Okay. I okay. Mm-hmm. So um, a general contractor has uh, somebody walk up to them and say, "I would like to build a house, and I want to build a two story Cape Cod house." 
Um, I want it to have 2,000 square feet. I want it to have four bedrooms. I want it to have three bathrooms. I want to have a fireplace and I want to have a really great patio out on the back and yada, yada, yada. And so that that potential homeowner, that, that home builder, okay, mm-hmm. is coming to me and saying, this is what I want. And then it's my job as the general contractor to set a price. Mm-hmm. It's my job as a general contractor to set a schedule so that this person has an idea when that job is going to be completed, when they can anticipate actually taking possession of that home. Sure. And then my job is to make sure that the house gets built. Mm-hmm. Most general contractors don't do all of the work themselves. Truth. They may have certain things that are specialty areas to them that they do, but for the most part, they're going to hire different people to do different jobs. So the way that I like to think about it, let's say I have a, a four-man baseball crew, right? Okay. okay. Right. So I got a weekend baseball series. We got a four-man crew. I got a home plate umpire, third base umpire, second base umpire, first base umpire. If, if I am the coordinator in that league, I'm the general contractor. And what I've done is I've just hired a roofer. Hmm. and a framer Mm -hmm. and an electrician and a plumber Mm -hmm. to come build my house. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I have hired those four independent contractors to come in and to do a job. And then based upon the job that they do, I'm going to make decisions on whether or not I want to hire them to help me build other houses. Mm. And so if I have a plumber that's really, really good, Mm -hmm. then man, I want that plumber to help build as many houses as I can get him to build. Mm-hmm. And if I have a plumber that's not so good, but they're passable, yeah, then they may not be my first call when I'm building a house. But if my main plumber is busy and I need somebody to come in and, and help with the project, then they're the next one that I'm going to call. Mm. But there are times as that general contractor where if my subcontractor, my independent contractor working for me, didn't do the job well, I have to have a conversation. And I have to go in and I have to say, hey, uh, the framework you did this week was was not good. Um, we we got to redo this. We got to figure this out. And here, here's the interesting thing that just, just dawned on me about this. You're saying the framework was not good, even though... That's not your specialty. That's right. Because if you were really good at it, you'd be doing your own framework. Correct. <laughs> so that a general contractor is still passing judgment, you know, hey, this was not good, mm-hmm. you know, and we need to need it to be better. And that same thing happens with the official. Yep. You know, hey, your your plate job was not that great. Mm-hmm. And we go back and go, Well, Chad, listen, I've seen you on part of the plate. It's not very good either. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't make a difference. That's right. Yeah, my job as the general contractor there is to make sure that all of these things get done well. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, I'm passing judgment. Mm-hmm. And my judgment is not just based on did they get everything right, right? So the, the NCAA evaluator wants to know, did we get it right? Mm-hmm. Did we use the correct mechanics? Did we do all those kinds of things? As a coordinator... I get information that that NCAA observer may not get. I get information 
from the athletic director going, hey, just so you know, I had complaints from the security guys that your official was really demanding when they came in. And they asked him to park one place and he said, no, 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 mm -hmm. I got to park in this spot mm -hmm. and all. And I, I don't know what's going on with that guy, mm -hmm. but that that's not okay. Right. Well, that NCAA observer never hears that comment. Mm -hmm. And so you could be a 10 out of 10 in that NCAA observer's mind. But if as a coordinator, I have issues that are off court, off field, whatever, mm -hmm. you're not a 10 out of 10 official for me. Right. You may be a seven out of 10 official for me. And I, I would rather put another seven out of 10 official with what they do on the court on the court over you because I know I'm not going to have the issues off the court. Right. And even, even if you're an official and you're as from a coordinator standpoint, and you're a 10 out of 10 on play calling, but you have issues with communication, you have issues with whatever that is security guards that now coordinators. Yes. They would love to have, you know, I could have the perfect framer mm -hmm. hired as a contractor, but he's late every day, mm -hmm. but he does a really good job framing. Yep. Doesn't mean I need him. He always goes over, always goes past. You know, he said he's going to have it done by the end of the month. It always takes him an extra 15 days to get it done. Yep, he's really good at it. He or she's really good at it. But it's not fulfilling the need that we need, that we're looking for as mm -hmm. a general contractor or a coordinator. Yep. So here's why I think this is important for us as officials to have a, a really good concept of what this means. If, if as an official, if I imagine myself at being at the center of a wheel, that has spokes going out on it, mm -hmm. okay? I am getting communication from people all out at the at the rim of that wheel, coming down the spokes towards me. So the official is the hub. The official is the hub. Okay. okay. Everybody else is out on the edges, and their communication coming into me is like an individual spoke on the wheel. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody that communicates with me has some sort of perspective or vested interest. Mm-hmm. Right. So when I hear communication from a fan and it's coming down that spoke, okay, they're cheering with their heart mm -hmm. based on the way they want their team to, to win. Right. Mm -hmm. A coach communicating with me has a vested interest. A player has a vested interest. My partners can have mm -hmm. a vested interest because mm -hmm. if I'm not pulling my weight, it's making the day harder on them More right pressure on another spoke yep that's right you mm -hmm. know my crew chief when they send me clips at the end of the day has a vested interest in what's going on my video coordinator my coordinator other school personnel whatever they are there's all these people around the edges of mm -hmm. this wheel and they're all sending communication into me at the middle and sometimes i think that we as officials want to put our coordinators in the role that you just talked about the NCAA observer being mm -hmm. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that our coordinators are the neutral body. They should be about just getting it right. Mm -hmm. They should be about unbelievable fairness and equity and all of this kind of stuff, right? When that's that's just not the way it works because they have a vested, that general contractor has to get the house delivered. Mm -hmm, right. General contractor has to have it right. And if the if the customer who wants the house to be built, mm -hmm. right, doesn't like the way the framing's being done, then guess what? We got to fix the framing. That's right. Right? You know, I often use the analogy of a lot of people think that the coordinator is basically the union president. 
Yep. And, you know, they're only there to fight for the official. Well, that's not true at all. No. You know, as much as we want that to be true, it's just not true. It, it Really, they have a job. They're, you know, they're getting paid to satisfy the customer. Yep. And, you know, they, again, are going to feel that communication from athletic directors, universities, coaches, whatever that might be. And they're going to pass that along on to us. So they're not our union president. Just be aware of that. <laughs> That's right. And once we understand that everybody around that that wheel has a vested interest in it, then what it does is it allows us to better be able to decipher and discern where that communication is coming from. Mm-hmm. So that coordinator doesn't just work for that conference. That coordinator may also vicariously work for the NAIA or the NJCAA or the NCAA because of, you know, the the levels that they are assigning, right? Mm -hmm. It is their responsibility to put officials on the floor that meet the criteria of those different organizations, right? you know, or the, the local high school association or whatever it might be. That's their job. And so if they're not putting people out that meet those standards, it's going to affect their ability to do their job. If they don't put people on the court or on the field that can handle the level of play that that conference requires, that's going to affect their ability to fulfill their job. And so as independent contractors, when we hear this communication, um, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. When we get communication from a coordinator, we almost always sense it as negative. We Mm -hmm. talked about that when we had our talking with the boss episode, Mm -hmm. right? And that's not always the case. Sometimes that communication can be very positive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But let's just say that you only hear from your coordinator one time this year. But it's a doozy, Mm -hmm. right? Right, right, right. It's a 30-minute phone call. Mm -hmm. How in the world could you guys have let this happen? Mm -hmm. This is not your normal work. I don't understand, yada, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we take that and we go so negative with it, Mm -hmm. right? But the fact that you haven't gotten contacted on your other 53 games this year means that the general contractor was really happy with the roofing job on all 53 of those jobs. Yep. But on this one job, it, was, it wasn't up to par. So now, if I'm at the center of that wheel and I'm hearing this communication, now my question is, what made that job different? Was it, okay, all the other, all the other roofing jobs I did were pitched roof, and mm-hmm. this, this one was a flat roof. Right. And I just wasn't very good at doing a flat roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that flat roof, maybe that flat roof is the style of play that happened that night. Sure. And I'm, I'm just not as good with that style of play. Maybe the majority of the issues there were illegal screens. And I'm just, I'm not very good with illegal screens. Maybe it's that I was the plate umpire that day and both the pitchers were left-handed junk ballers. Mm-hmm. You know, and man, I realize I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing those crazy pitches out of a left-hander the way I'm seeing them out of a right-hander right. or whatever it might be. So now when I begin to understand why that person is giving me the the communication they're giving me. I understand the the thought process behind it. Now I can begin to use it in positive ways to make me a better independent contractor. And you know, let's just stay on this independent contractor, you know, the roofing analogy. Maybe I'm really good at flat roofs, mm-hmm. but maybe I had a tough 
weekend and I didn't get much sleep because the baby was crying and my wife's mad at me and all this stuff happened, but I still show up to work and my work reflects the fact of the way the last three days went. Mm -hmm. So I didn't perform well. And that can happen to us in officiating. Absolutely. You know, maybe you had to drive four hours through snow till two in the morning to get to your next destination or your flight was delayed, whatever that may be. And then that affected your work. So it's not necessarily, I don't want to say that it's, you know, we're, our position needs to change for a screen so we can see those plays correctly. But it, it could be something that's leading up to that. Mm-hmm. It also needs to be, you know, if, if you're told you're not doing flat roofs very well, mm-hmm. then as a, as a contractor, if, if you know flat roofs are going to be part of your business, then I need to figure out, I need to, I need to talk to people who do flat roofs very well. Mm-hmm. And that's what I need to do as officials. If I see myself, I'm just not seeing screens very well. I need to talk to people who are better versed at seeing screens. How do you see them so well? Oh, well, I'd get two more feet wider in, in without, you know, outside the lane so I could see those plays better. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a great idea. So that's where we can use those same things. And it's not because we're bad, right? It's not because we... We're just unable to do these projects or our assignment. It's we're just not very versed at them right now or something has led up to our failure during that game Mm -hmm. play roofing job. Yeah. So um, part of what sparked this conversation that we're having today, um, Jeff and I just had a, a conversation at one point where we were talking about this idea that, you know, sometimes all the negative stuff rolls downhill. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it feels like it's it's from the top down. And so, um, you know, so it feels like when when we begin to get that negative stuff happening, it's just, OK, the the coordinator got yelled at by the athletic director because the athletic director got yelled at by the coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that coordinator comes and yells at us. Right. Yep. And yep. so it just feels like it's just this downhill thing. And it's like everybody has to pass the buck. Mm hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so there was this this conversation that kind of spoke uh, popped up between us about what is the coordinator's job when it comes to education. So it could be like, OK, well, instead of having this 30 minute difficult conversation with an official. Right. Couldn't that 30 minutes have been better spent educating officials. Mm-hmm. Right. Except here's here's what I'm going to say. If I'm a general contractor, um, my job is not to teach my roofers how to roof. That's right. Now, if I own a roofing company, mm-hmm. it's my job to make sure that everybody I hire to do roofs knows how to do roofs, and I continue to make them better. Because if I make them better, they can do the job quicker. Mm-hmm. We can do more jobs. We can make more money. Yep. Right. As a general contractor, that's not my job. My, as a general contractor, my job is to hire people that know how to do the job. Mm-hmm. Now, if I have one that's really good, and like you just said, maybe just had a really rough weekend, and mm-hmm. they came in on Monday and they made some mistakes, I walk up to, hey, I know this is not your normal work. This is not the job you normally do. Right. And so we need to fix it. We need this to not happen again. But I just want you to know I still trust you. You've still got the contract. I got two more contracts coming up and they're going to be yours too. Mm-hmm. But if that's 
if that's a contractor, an independent contractor I've never used before. <laughs> right. You know, and that happens. Now I'm second guessing, do I want to hire them again? And they may only get the opportunity if I don't have anybody else. Sure. I got seven jobs going on at once and I've got the six roofers I normally use. They're all out working. Well, I got to have somebody, you know, I'm going to give them another shot. Mm -hmm. We see that happen in officiating all the time, yep. right? Mm -hmm. Somebody made a mistake. Somebody had an issue, whatever. And it seems like, oh man, I'm never going to get a shot again. But you never know. Like you just said, somebody's got to drive four hours through snow and they can't get there. Right. And you're an hour away from the arena. Now you get the opportunity. And now you get the chance to step up and say, you know what? I do know my job. I do know how to do this. It's not going to be the same as last time. And, and I think it helps us so much. But when we go back to that idea of all this stuff kind of running downhill, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you feel like that's what you're getting, Jeff, speaking as an official, yeah. what is the right way to respond so that not only does it put you in the right place to be able to work your next game, not to be in that negative headspace, yeah. you know, that comes from that, but then also how do you then communicate back in a way that says, you know what? I can't handle this. This mm -hmm. is not my normal work. How do you do that? Well, yeah, that's, that's a good question. I would say differently every time. You know, I, I really have to, you have to judge how the communication is coming to you. Okay. Um, but I would say one thing that is very consistent every time I have communications with my lack of performance, we'll call it, mm -hmm. whether that be from a coach, player, or coordinator, is I assume that they are right. Mm. I assume they are right, and you know now if I can if I can get in that headspace to assume when a coach tells me you missed a foul on twenty, and if I can assume they're right in that headspace. Now maybe I can get some more information out of that coach. Mm. Following 20, where at? Where, where, where was that at? Where did I miss that at? You know, what happened? You know, all those things. It's going to help me open up those lines of communication instead mm. of if I go into go a coordinator, we'll go to a coordinator and they call me and go, hey, you know, you, you this, this game you had was not very good. And I don't accept the fact I'm never going to get anywhere in my education, in my development as an official. Mm -hmm. Never. Now, it may take some ultimate study of video or you know, another look at a play to figure out whether or not, yeah, I could see why I got that wrong. I can, mm -hmm. you know, But you're never going to get there if you go into every situation and say, well, coach, I know you're complaining that the foul happened on 20, but you're wrong. Well, coordinator, I know you think I didn't have didn't call a very good illegal screen, but you're wrong. I will never get better. I will be in the same mundane area in my officiating career or even anywhere in my business career as I am right now because I can't accept the fact that there are a lot of people out there that know way more than I do and see the game way different than I do and that have way more invested in the game than I do. And I feel like I got a lot invested in the game. Mm -hmm. but there still are so many people out there that know more. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe they're a second-year coach. Doesn't mean they're not still totally invested into this game, mm -hmm. into, the, into the game in general. So 
that's where I'm at on that play. No, I love that. And, you know, we just said that coordinators, assigners, they are not responsible for our education. Mm -hmm. Okay. As an independent contractor, I'm responsible for my education. Say it again. As an independent contractor, Mm -hmm. I am responsible for my education. Remember that, people. Remember it. So the reason I go to a coordinator's camp is not just to get hired, (laughs) right? Even though we all want to get hired. We all want to get hired. Mm -hmm. But it's so I can learn how do they want the roofing done Mm -hmm. on their jobs. Yeah. Now, I'm educating myself on how they want it done. If I can do it the way they want to do it, they're potentially going to have the opportunity to hire me. That's so important. So every time a coordinator has a conversation with me, it's now an opportunity for me to choose to educate myself instead of asking them to spoon feed me. Okay, well, then then what are you wanting me to do? Mm -hmm. Hey, Chad, you missed four illegal screens on that Mm -hmm. game. Right. I, I, there's There were three of them in the span of three minutes that you missed in the third period. Right. Oh, my goodness. You're right. I can't let that happen again. Whatever. How, however that communication happens in the moment. But the more important thing happens after the conversation's done. And I go back to that video. And I begin to take a look at it. Okay, why did I miss three illegal screens in three minutes? Mm-hmm. Was... Was I in my own head because I'd had a negative interaction with the coach before that happened? And so now I'm not focused the way I need to be? Was I worried about extending beyond my primary because of something else that happened? And now because I'm extending into somebody else's primary, I'm not handling mine? You know, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Those kinds of things I think are helpful to us. And if I've really done the right job of educating myself... When that coordinator calls me and says, Chad, did you realize that you missed three illegal screens in three minutes in the third quarter? I'll be like, yep, absolutely. It started with 717 on the clock and it went through four something Mm -hmm. and I had a span where I just, I missed it. Mm -hmm. Now, not only am I assuming the coordinator's right, (laughs) right, but in agreeing with them and giving them information, I have told them that I care so much about my own education I already knew it before they ever contacted me. Right. I was already aware. You know, one of the things that I've learned to do in self-educating, you know, is, so let's just go through whatever, a coordinator, video coordinator sends you a play. And they have, of course, they have a play and they typically have a question, whatever the question might be. You know, what'd you think of this illegal screen? And you play it. You look at it once, maybe twice, whatever it is. You 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 form your your answer in your opinion on the play, and then you respond. Mm-hmm. Now, when that video coordinator responds back with something else mm-hmm. that still needs another response, most people, common people, respond back. I have chosen to watch the play again. So now I'm watching, so I may watch it three more times. So I've only had two interactions with this video coordinator, and I've seen this play six times. Mm-hmm. Again, something else I can learn from this play. Something else I can learn from this play. So now, let's just say, whatever, if it's a short conversation back and forth four times, now I've watched it three, six, nine, twelve times, even though I've still got the same judgment, but I might have missed something else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where 
a lot of us, the the common people, you know, they look at it once or whatever, just say three times, and then they just keep that in their memory, and they go back and forth on this dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. And they go back and forth instead of, you know, you sent me four plays, whatever yeah. it was. I looked at all four of them, and then when I responded, I looked at them all again. I actually sent them to you one by one and replied to this one, yep. replied to this one. Um, so I looked at him again and again and again to try and educate me. So educate yourself. And that 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 space between looking at them at 9 o'clock and at night, we'll say, mm-hmm. okay, I've looked at them all. I'm going to go to sleep, whatever it is. Answer in the morning, I'm going to look at them again and then respond to those. That that space, you can help develop your, your own mental response. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more educated, a little bit more informative. And... What have you taken away from these plays? What can you take away from the plays that you sent me? And I think that's where, that's something very uncommon. If you can do that and take just a few extra seconds to look at plays again when people respond, okay, let me look at it again and not force them to make you look at it again. Oh, did you see the illegal screen prior to the travel or whatever that might be? Look at it again, find those situations. And then I think as we get on the floor in live action, we have a better chance of getting those plays right. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're couching this conversation, you know, within this framework of being an independent contractor because mm-hmm. the independent contractor ultimately is the one responsible for getting their jobs, mm-hmm. right? They, mm-hmm. they want to work for general court contractors that are going to send them work. Um, as officials, we want to be the kind of officials that our coordinators and assigners want to use. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to do. And by being self-educating by taking care of all the little stuff, all that kind of thing, we know makes us more likely to be hired in the world that we want to be hired in. But, you know, this conversation bleeds over into so much more. There is not a nine-to-five job out there that does not benefit from us considering why people are giving us communication. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm frustrated with the person at work that keeps... Uh, messing up my schedule, mm-hmm. you know, and every time they send me stuff and I'm trying to figure out why do they keep scheduling me on Thursdays when they know Thursday's supposed to be my day off and yada, yada, yada. And I get so frustrated with it and all when I, I, under, I don't understand that the reason they're doing that is because there's six people out this week, you know, because of illness or their kid's illness or whatever. And it literally was the last option and they've done everything they can. They've made 20 other phone mm-hmm. calls trying to make sure they didn't have to schedule me that day, mm-hmm. you know, but if, if all I want to do is look at it through my lens, mm-hmm. then I don't open up the opportunity to have a good communication. But if I realize that there's another perspective. And so the way a coach communicates to me is different than the way a coordinator communicates to me is different than a way a crewmate communicates to me at work. My customer is communicating with me differently than my boss and sure. is different than my coworker. You know, all these things play into the way that we communicate. And I think it's a way that we can begin to stop that old idea of all the junk running downhill. Oh, I would love it. You know, <laughs> I would love if, if, that if we could just say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to dam this up right here, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to let it flow downhill anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And instead of passing it on to the next person, you know, instead of, you know, well, man, my, my coordinator got all over me because our crew just wasn't very good. And I was the crew chief instead of calling and beating up the other two people on my crew. What if I just said, you know what? 
boy, as, as a crew chief, I should have been better that day. Well, and I'll even say it this way. If, so let's say, right, you know, bad news runs downhill or however, whatever that is, right? If that's the way it's going to be, then we need it all to run downhill. Mm. So when you're, the crew that is hired does bad and it runs downhill, that's fine. But the crew that is hired does well. We need that to run downhill too. Mm, I like that. But the issue is it doesn't. Yep. It just doesn't run downhill. We don't hear. You know, mm-hmm. you said it before, right? I did, you know, five games this week and heard from, you know, heard about one play or, two, you know, two plays in one game. What about the rest of the stuff? Yep. What about everything else that has been done as a crew that we've done correctly and we've done in a passing grade, if not above above average? Yep. And that's where, that, that's the problem, I believe, with, you know, problems running downhill. You know, whatever, where bleep runs downhill, you know, <laughs> that we... That's then if it's going to run downhill, we need good news to run downhill too. Yeah, uh, I had a very interesting opportunity last night. So uh, I was I was supposed to have a night off. Uh, we all know that in the officiating world, a night off is an awesome thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all like to be picking up checks, but occasionally we like to rest the body or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do some assigning for some some local uh, junior high and high school stuff and everything in our area. And I had. Uh, I had four different sites I had games at last night. And uh, within the span of about 24 hours, I lost three officials Mm. at the four sites. Got them all covered. I was feeling amazing. Lost another official. Uh, A lot of this was either COVID-related or, you know, other family illness, that kind of thing going on. Mm -hmm. So finally, I had to pick up one of those spots because I was off. Couldn't find anybody else. I'm going to work it. I get a call uh, from a local athletic director. And uh, he says, hey, we've had issues with teams, games canceled. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thrilled mm-hmm. because now I've got, instead of me being on that game, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be free. I sent the other guy to the spot that came open. Got it. Everything's covered. Oh, everything's covered. And I'm going to have a night off. I don't know how long it was later, 45 minutes later, something like that. Hey, have you contacted those officials yet? <laughs> well, I'm one of them, so yes. <laughs> and uh, they they said, hey, uh, we found a way to make this game happen. Can we do it? And I said, well, absolutely you can, but you just need to know you're only getting one official tonight, right. and it's me. <laughs> and so I showed up last night to work a 7th and 8th grade boys basketball game mm-hmm. i know for those of you listening that impresses you about me right now right. that in my officiating <laughs> career on monday nights i'm working seventh and eighth grade boys basketball games but i went to do that last night and uh, i was so impressed because of the issues this school had with some some covid related things that were going on uh, they had subs coaching at multiple sites mm-hmm. they had their girls playing a, a regional game one place and so they had um, a, a student helping along with a, a, another teacher from the school that was coaching at one site and then at the site where i was working they had a, a kid who was a senior in high school plays on the the high school boys basketball team he was assisting another adult who was there coaching and um i'm working the game by myself so i'm staying coaches table side and i'm I'm listening. I, I can hear everything going on both sides. Both teams were amazing. The sportsmanship was awesome. The the fans were great. The coaches were great. 
when there was a ball that went on the other side, nobody complained which side I sent the ball to. I, I literally did not hear a peep mm. from either bench the whole night. That's refreshing, right? It was it was <laughs> awesome. I had a great time. But because of that, because I wasn't worried about that kind of stuff, I was able just to really listen. And this this young man that was helping coach uh, an eighth grade basketball team at the time, um, he did an amazing job. Mm. He did a great job. He was coaching, which means that the people that have coached him have modeled well how to coach, Mm -hmm. right? And he then was pouring things into kids that were four years younger than him, Mm -hmm. five years younger than him, um, that he's had people pour into him. And what it reminded me last night was that uh, it's not just the junk that runs downhill. Mm. You know, that good stuff that we pour into people runs downhill as well. And then today I had the opportunity to communicate that with the athletic director of that school. Um, Then that athletic director had the opportunity to then share with that kid's parent, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. what's going on. I think one of the ways that we can make a huge impact in all this, one, if if we remember where people's communication is coming from, Mm -hmm. makes a huge impact. But two... If then we change the way we communicate, right? You know, and we get some positive stuff mm-hmm. moving down here. As as a crew chief, there are times you've got to send the clips that we missed, but man, we also need to send the clips that we got right and the the tough play that mm-hmm. we stepped up and did, or the great coach communication, or whatever it might be. And uh, I I think that's huge. I'm I'm going to kind of hand it over to you to to wrap us up today. But that's that's kind of a thought that I would love for us to think about as we look every week at what can we apply, and what's the positive thing that we can send downhill this week. Yeah, you know, um, I'm not sure why you haven't, you know, exposed me on this story here. <laughs> but I was trying not to throw you. Yeah, <laughs> it was our school. It was our school, and it's funny when I first came in to the building today to meet up with Chad. Um, I told him how I was disappointed in myself on how I handled yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, we had, you know, whatever, a couple COVID coaches with COVID and we just, it was some sick kids and we were trying to decide what was going on. And I made some hasty decisions. I made some decisions rather quickly instead of, you know, making them more informed. And I told him that I was disappointed in the way I handled that. And I sent, uh, you know, my assistant, it's just a brief text basically saying how I was disappointed and what I did. I should have taken, you know, a half hour or some, got some space and, and made better informed decisions. And she responded back with, uh, lots of good things, you know, like, cause I always, I always communicate to everyone in our school. The most important thing about game day is that it happens. We could care less if we've got 12 people in the concession stand. We could care less if we collect $1 or $100 from fans to get in. And as long as we have two teams, we got at least a referee, It's that's 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 the win. Yeah. And she shot that right back to me. That's so cool. She shot it right back to me. Like, hey, we, you know. We, we played the game. We met the goal. Yeah. And that was important. Um, so. And, you know, Chad was, what do you call it? That, you call that uh, communicating up or something? Is yeah, that? I said, you know, the idea of leading up. To, leading to me, up, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. what she did was she took something that her leader, you, mm-hmm. has given to her multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when she's nervous about getting it done or is it going to go off right or whatever, mm-hmm. you've told her how many times, hey, you know what? 
the game's going to get played. Mm-hmm. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And he or she turned right back around and led up to you mm-hmm. and said, hey, you know what? I, I know you wish that would have gone different, but guess what? The game got played. Yep. That's, you know, now it's, it's not just everything running downhill. Mm-hmm. Now it's just taking these positive things and, and sending it back. And, you know, that's, I think that's the point I want to make sure that everyone's hearing is you're probably going to hear the communication to you the way you're giving it out. Mm. So if I spent the past three years with my assistant communicating, you're like, you know, you got to be better. You got to be better. You got to, you're not doing this right. You're not doing it right. That's exactly what I'm going to get back when mm-hmm. I don't do something right. But instead, I spent a lot of time over the past few years encouraging her, building her up, you know, trying to train her in, in difficult situations. And, you know, th- what our main goal is, which is play the game. And I give myself up on a day, on a situation, and she throws it right back at me what I've been feeding her for the past three years. Mm-hmm. It's weird how that works, right? Yeah. So as we're going out refereeing games, let's just say you're the crew chief. Well, I got news for you. You're you one and you two are going to talk to you the same way you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. Or they may just shut down in general. Yep. So I don't want to work with Jeff Cross or Chad Ozzy, whoever that might be. So, and that's how coordinators are going to be. And that's how, and if you're always, if I'm yelling at someone, whether it be a player, coach, if I'm coaching and I'm always yelling at my pitcher about throw strikes, well, that when they go to communicate with me, they're just going to yell back at me. Mm-hmm. So if we, do, if we've learned anything in this past 45 minutes, learn, you know, remember that people are going to respond the way you're, you've been responding to them over time. And sometimes we do have a failure. Sometimes we do not do very well. Sometimes our communication skills are subpar. And hopefully everything you've done up to that point, they will remember and shoot that back at you to help build you up, I guess. So, yeah, I love it. Folks, we would really appreciate it if you would uh, take the time to rate our podcast and to leave us a review. It helps us out so much. It also just lets us know that you're out there listening. In fact, if you have questions or things you'd like us to talk about, please send us those emails at uncommondrivepodcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Uh, that is the greatest way to get in communication with both of us so that we can communicate back with you. Uh, let us know you're listening. Let us know that this is something that's helpful or not helpful uh, so that we can begin to tailor things uh, to a way that will be most beneficial to the uh, community at large. Great being with you again today. Can't wait to talk to you all again next week. 24 days till Christmas. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.